Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this lesson from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from the Scriptures will equip and motivate you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Everyone should have those whenever you came in, and I'm not going to promise you we're going to get through all of that today. Uh, we may only get through number one and number two, and then come back next week, and I'll share a little bit more with you, or the week after, I should say. Though I will have a little devotion for next week for Thanksgiving, uh, but I'm not sure how far we're going to get in in this. So I want you to open your Bibles, if you will, please, and whatever device you have, if you bring a traditional Bible in, that's great. I want you to open it up. If you have the Bible on a tablet or on your phone or whatever, I want you to use that and, and open that up. Um, you see, I have a, a new assistant up here that's going to start helping me preach on a weekly basis. And I'm going to be using that. And here's the reason for that. Uh, the reason for that is I want the scripture to be paramount in everything we do. And oftentimes I'll put the scripture on these screens for you guys to see. And then I'll go to slides that have the fill in the blanks and I lose the scripture that I may be referencing or talking about. So I wanted a way that I could have the scripture always before us and always on the screen and fill in the blanks and the sermon notes, if you will. So this to my left is going to be my assistant. So um, this will be helping me. So last week I, I was putting all this together. And I pulled Brad back in my office last Wednesday night during Awana. And I said, I want you to look at what I'm doing. What do you, what do you think? I wanted some feedback. I wanted some thoughts. I wanted uh, him to kind of share with me a little bit what he thought. He thought it's a cool idea. And I said, okay, but here's the deal. I've got to have a name for the assistant. Okay? The assistant needs a name because he is going to be helping me preach every single week from here on out uh, as we get into God's Word together. On the screens, the two up here and the one in the back. We'll always have the scripture on it for you, okay? Also, if you download the free Logos Bible software app, once you download that, you go to logos.com forward slash app for any device you have, you can download this free app. Once you download that and get signed in to our network, you got to be on our Wi-Fi here, get signed into our network, then you will receive a signal. See at the bottom right-hand corner, it's broadcasting. Actually, it's broadcasting that web link right now. But if you don't have that app, you're not getting that broadcast signal. Once you download that, it'll be broadcasting the scripture reference to you. So whenever you have the Bible on your phone or your tablet or your Kindle or whatever device you have, it's going to be receiving that signal for that scripture reference. And all you have to do is push it and it goes straight to that scripture reference. And there you can take notes and follow along with us. Okay. So I really want to try to put a lot of emphasis, even more emphasis really on the scripture and the importance of it. Yesterday in our men's Bible study, uh, we were here yesterday morning at seven for our men's Bible study. And, and what we were talking about yesterday for the men was disciplines of the mind and what we had to do to discipline our mind. And in the study we were studying together, they were saying there's a lot of Christians that are living a Christian life, but they do not have a Christian mindset. And how tragic that is. 
Well, the disclaimer, not the disclaimer, but the major point coming out of that study yesterday is that the only way we can have a Christian mindset is to feast on the word of God every single day. So, guys, we can never, ever, ever get to the point where we get away from the word of God, from the scripture of the Lord. And so I wanted to do that. So I told Brad, I said, Brad, I need a name. And, of course, I said, I don't want a gaming name. I don't want a, a, a name from some movie of some, um, I don't know, futuristic. I don't even know. I don't even do that stuff. So I can't even give you an example. But I've heard people name stuff like that. And I said, I don't want a name like that. I want a good Bible name for my assistant. So this past, uh, what was it, Friday night, I get a text message from Brad. He said, I got the name. And he said, the name is Onesimus. I love that name. As soon as he told me the name, I knew who Onesimus was in the book of Philemon. And I thought, what a perfect name. So I would like to introduce you today to Onesimus. Okay? This is Onesimus. Now, the scripture reference is in Philemon, verses 9 through 12. Okay? Notice the hairstyle of Onesimus. As I was naming my assistant, Brad also said, you need a bitmoji, right? How many knew what a bitmoji was before I just said it? Raise your hand. Okay. Not many of you. I didn't. I'm thinking, where have I been? I did not know that I could have a bitmoji. I said, how do I get a bitmoji? And he sent me the link for it. And you go on there and you create your own bitmoji, whatever you want him or her to look like. I thought, well, if he's going to be my assistant, he can't get up here and show me up with a fancy hairstyle. So my assistant's going to be bald-headed. So Onesimus is bald-headed. But here's what I want you to see in Philemon, verses 9 through 12. This is kind of has nothing to do whatsoever with the message today. This has to do with introducing to you Onesimus, my assistant, that I'm going to be using. I want you to look at the scripture, if you will, in Philemon, verse 9 through 12. This is the Apostle Paul. He's writing. He says, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. He says, I fathered him while I was in chains. Once, look at this verse 11 and verse 12. Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to you and to me. Now, if you know the story of Onesimus in the background there, he was a runaway slave, okay? And Paul was sending him back because he was, as a runaway, he was useless, but now he's being sent back to, uh, he's being sent back to be of great use. So once he was useless, but now he's useful to both you and me. He says, I'm sending him back to you as a part of myself. Onesimus carried The letter of Philemon that we have in our Bibles today, he carried that great message back for the Apostle Paul. So he assisted the Apostle Paul in carrying and delivering the message of God. I thought it's a great name for Onesimus because he is going to assist me in delivering the message of God each and every week that I'm up here. Second reason why Onesimus is a great name, and this is the reason why Brad gave me, was number one reason is in verse 11. At one time, he was useless, but now he's useful to both you and me. You guys may or may not know. You may have not even paid any attention. But if you remember on our monitors for the congregation, we had one on this side that went out. 
You remember that? That monitor went out. It had a power failure. We had to send it off. We had to get it fixed. That monitor that went out that one time was useless is now Onesimus. Right? So at one time it was useless. It was benefit to nobody, right? Isn't isn't that how we were? At one time we were useless before we came to know Christ as our Savior. We were really of no value or benefit to anybody until we came to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Now we all have purpose, we have meaning, and we're certainly useful. I mean, my goodness, the story of Onesimus will absolutely preach, right? Right? So... Onesimus says, hello, one more thing Onesimus wants you to do. He wants you to look to your neighbor right now and give him a high five for Onesimus being in the room, okay? So high five each other, and then we're going to continue to get started. Isn't he cool? Isn't this the coolest thing? So uh, you know what else I can do with this? I can, and I've already played around with it, and I started to do it, and I thought that may be over the top. But I, I can also put voice animated recording with this. And I can have Onesimus speak to you. So look for that in the future. He may just have something he wants to say. And uh, I've been playing around with that. And uh, I tried it out on my son and Megan on their vacation. I sent them a message from Onesimus telling them to be safe. And uh, so that was kind of cool. Anyway, let's get right into the Word of God, okay? So let's get into our sermon series. And we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Listening and hearing the voice of God. As a child of God, guys, listen. There is nothing ever more important than discerning and hearing the voice of God. I mean, he created us. He gave us a purpose. He created us the way we are. God wants you to be you. But we've got to be able to understand and know what God's will is for our life. So he's going to be telling us and we're going to be listening and hearing for the voice of God. So that's our sermon series. Today we're talking about how God gets our attention. I mean, God loves you too much to let you keep going the way that you're going without interrupting you from time to time and getting your attention. If you remember, the scripture tells us in Psalm 81, in verse number 8, the psalmist says, God was saying to his people, he said, listen to me, O my people, while I give you stern warning, O Israel, if only you would listen to me, if only you would listen to me, guys, Don't be that group of people. Don't be that person that never hears the voice of God. Now, let me put a disclaimer. I personally have never heard an audible voice from God. But God has certainly spoken to me over the years through Scripture, through other people, through circumstances. And I'll talk about more of that that later in this series. But one of the reasons that I'm even here today is because of a pastor By the name of Tom Harris back in Bryson City, North Carolina. Pastor Tom, we called him Brother Tom. Brother Tom was the pastor there for many, many years at Victory Baptist Church in Bryson City, North Carolina. I was pastoring a sister church in the community and and Brother Tom had been an established pastor there for many, many, many years. And uh, I went to Brother Tom one day as I was struggling and wrestling over the idea of moving my family here to Illinois to start Victory Church. Or at that time we didn't know what the name was going to be, but to start this new work, this church. And so I called Brother Tom. I said, Brother Tom, can I have about 10, 15 minutes of your time today? 
I said, I just really, and he, he, was, he was my senior, he was a lot older than me, uh, I respected him, he was a godly man, been faithful for all these years, preached the word of God, um, and I went to him, I said, I need about 10 or 15 minutes of your time, can I come and meet with you in your office? He said, well, I'm not going to be in the office today, I will be at my house, but come on over to the house. So we went, I went to his house, and we went into his living room, and he said, John, what's going on? Why do you need my assistance today? And I said, well, I've got something. I just need your counsel. I need your advice. I've got something I need you to pray about. This is going to be a major move for me and my family. Uh, I just want to be sure I'm in the center of God's will. And so I need some counsel and advice from you. I shared with him the whole story uh, about moving here and planning and starting this church and how I'd talked with the Illinois Mission Board. And I'd already had a meeting with them. And I hadn't given them a decision whether I was coming or not. And and I really didn't know. And I shared with him the whole opportunity. And I sat in his living room, what I thought was going to be for 10 or 15 minutes, wound up being for about two hours. And we sat and talked, and he just poured into me and poured into me and poured into me. And I won't tell you everything he said and all the reasons and, and what have you that took place. But here's what I knew when I left there. I was about 80% sure that I had just received the direction from the Lord through this godly man that we called Brother Tom that has now gone on to be with the Lord and is in heaven. I know I heard God speak through that man because that man really had no vested interest in me. I mean, I was neither here nor there concerning him. Uh, he was pastoring a very large church of about, I guess it was about three or 400, not very large, but a large church, about three or 400, and, uh, and had a wonderful ministry, a wonderful career. I was really, I didn't even think I was even on his radar. But he, he spent time with me and invested and poured into me when I left I had a peace that came over me that passes all understanding like I really kind of already knew what I needed to do now moving forward. And that was eventually move here and start this church. So there's many times like that that I've really felt the presence of God and I felt him speak. And thank God for it. I mean, think about all the blessings that we miss in life simply because we do not hear the voice of God. And in Psalm 81, he said, listen to me if you would just listen But look what it says in verse number 11. But no, my people wouldn't listen. My people wouldn't listen. So I let them follow their blind and stubborn way, living according to their own desires. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that person in verse number 11 or verse number 12, living out according to my own stubborn way and my own desires. In verse number 13, he said, but oh, that my people would listen to me. So one of the most valuable lessons that we can learn as a child of God is how to hear the voice of God and to get direction and to get understanding from the Lord. Okay. Last week, if you remember, we talked about four different ways that God speaks to us, the four prominent ways that God speaks to us today. If you remember, we unpacked what nine or 10 different ways that God spoke in the old Testament. We unpacked that last week, but we kind of brought it fast forward to the 21st century. What are the four prominent ways that God speaks to us? And last week we reviewed that number one is through his word. Number two is through his Holy spirit. Number three is through other people. And number four are through circumstances that we find ourselves in. So those are the four ways primarily that God is going to speak to us. But I want you to see that the number one way that God speaks to us is through his word. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and uh, let's just ask God to speak to us today. I don't know what decision you have that you may be having to make. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what set of circumstances you may find yourself in. But I do know this. There's a God who loves you. 
and he loves you too much to leave you by himself, by yourself. So he's going to do whatever is necessary to get your attention so that he can speak to you because he wants to speak truth and life and blessings, I believe, into your life. But that only comes through hearing his voice and following his plan and purpose. So um, let's pray together. Let's ask the Holy Spirit of God to open our hearts, open our ears, give us understanding, open our eyes, help us to see what he has for us in the word and how he wants to speak to us today. Okay, so let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the many blessings you've given us. Father, we want to hear from you. We live in a nation. We live in a world that is evil. As, as a parent last week, and Lord, we'll talk more about that later, uh, what, a, what an evil world we live in today. We're evil just running rampant. But that's just the heart of man. That's what men and women and people do that do not know you as their personal Lord and Savior. The heart is desperately wicked. And Father, we need a heart transplant and a heart transfusion and blood transfusion. And Lord, I just pray that you speak to us today. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to submit and surrender our life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen. God wants to speak to you. The message today is simply understanding how God is going to speak to us. Now, there's something I want to share with you called tornado sirens. How many of you guys ever heard those go off, right? Now, you've got to understand. Let me tell you a story about how, how I don't know if it's necessarily God, but how, our, how, how the world got our attention early in the morning. It was in 2001, the spring of 2001. You've got to remember, I'm from the mountains of North Carolina. In the mountains of North Carolina, we don't, have to, uh, we don't have towering tornado sirens set up in every park, in every area, for those things to blast and go off. I really didn't know anything about that until we moved here in 1999. Still hadn't got it all figured out in 2001. I thought I did, but I didn't. 2001, in the spring, we had a family from North Carolina named Jimmy and Lisa Lambert. Uh, he's now a pastor and has surrendered to the ministry under my ministry back there. And I ordained him, and he's a pastor today. And he and his wife came up to visit us in our new home at 614 Knip Drive or Knip Avenue in Muscoota. We just moved into the house, and they came in to visit us. So and they went to church with us. Well, on that Saturday evening, late, uh, we'd all went to bed, Okay. We're all in, a, in bed, and, uh, and every, everything is quiet. And all of a sudden, these tornado sirens go off, okay? I mean, they're blaring. They're loud. you got to understand, I'm not used to this. Most people around here today are numb to that signal. Most people, right? So, I mean, kind of pay a little bit of attention, look up and look at the skies, or check the weather real quick, and then go on with life, okay? you got to understand, I was not raised with those at all. Brand new concept to me. My idea when the tornado sirens go off is that a tornado's on its way take cover. So I jump up out of bed, and this is like 2 in the morning. I jump up out of bed. The sirens are going off. I get Debbie up. I get the kids up, and they're little things at that time. I get Jimmy and Lisa up. Now, here's the thing. Our house on Knip Avenue did not have a basement. But it did have a crawl space. Now, to get to the crawl space, <laughs> to get to the crawl space, you had to go out into the garage. And the door coming off the inside the house and from the kitchen out into the garage, you open up that door and take that step away. And there was a piece of plywood that covered a hole that you got down into to go up under the house. 
Well, in my thinking, with the sirens going off, the tornado is coming, and the only way we're going to survive is that all of us have got to get under the house, okay? It's 2 a.m. in the morning. So I'm running through the house. Everybody get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. The tornado sirens are going off. A tornado is coming. The only safe place we have, we can't all fit in the bathtub, right? There's two families. We've got to get under the house. Quick, 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 quick. Get out of the house. Get out to the garage. And I'm just hustling. I'm under the house like crazy, right? We get the kids under there. It's pitch black. Now, I'd gone under there previously because I had already made plans. When a tornado comes, that's where we're going. So I had already gotten under there, and I'd laid out some nice clean plastic on the crawl space. And, and uh, we hadn't got to the place yet where we got our tornado kit under there, but we were planning on getting our survival kit under there as well. But I had already cleaned out a space. And once you got under there, now it was a bear getting under there, but once you got under there, I don't know. You could you could duck walk it. I mean, it's kind of pretty high, so it, it was okay. So I'm hustling everybody under there. Okay, I'm out in the backyard. I'm the last one down. Me and Jimmy got the wives under there and got the kids under there. And as soon as I hear the receive the tornado, then we're going to dive in and, and make our entrance as, as well. Okay, so I'm outside and I'm watching things. Man, the wind is blowing. It's kind of crazy. Then all of a sudden it calms down, and there's nothing. I'm thinking, well, we're maybe in the eye of the storm, so let's let that kind of pass and kind of see. I mean, I have no idea, okay? I'm in the mountains of North Carolina. We don't do with it. We don't deal with this stuff, okay? So all of a sudden, I mean, it's about another 15 minutes or so, and everybody's under the house. The kids are crying. They're screaming. Everybody's upset. The wives are yelling at us, and we're like, stay under there, right? Stay under there. Tornado's coming. So that little bit of time passes, and I'm thinking, and everything clears. And I'm looking up at the sky, and I can see those dark clouds. It was nighttime, but you kind of still could see the, the cloud with the reflection of the moon. And you can see that everything kind of went south. It was all down towards, I don't know, south of Muscuda. And I'm thinking, everything's gone, man. It's, it's pretty now. I mean, it's kind of nice. And, okay, everybody come out. So I got everybody out of the basement. And they're like, woo. And I was like, well, it must have just went south of us, so we're all clear. Everything's all good. Let's go, okay? So everybody comes out, and they dust themselves off because it is kind of dusty and dirty under there. And everybody goes back into the room, and they take off their clothes, and everybody gets back in bed, right? We get in bed. About ten minutes after we get in bed, guess what? The sirens go off again. So I go flying through the house. Hey, there's another tornado. There's another tornado. Everybody get out of bed, get out of bed, get out of bed, get out of the house. So we do the whole routine again and go under the house. To this day, Jimmy and Lisa Lambert have never come back for a visit. Okay? That's it. They say, we are not leaving the mountains of North Carolina to come up there where you are. God will have to send us before we ever come up there to see you again. So we're back up under the house again. And I'm outside. I'm thinking... Why in the world did the sirens go off again? There is no tornado. It's a beautiful night out now. What I did not know is that the first siren was the signal that a tornado is coming. I did not know the second siren was an all-clear signal that everything is okay. Right? Here's the deal. Those tornado sirens, they got our attention. But here's what I've discovered myself now living here for, what, 18 years or so now? We moved here in 99, so this is 2017, and we came in the spring of 99, so 18 years we've been here. And here's what I've kind of gotten used to. I've gotten used to the tornado sirens. Matter of fact, the first Tuesday of every month, usually in every small town, wherever they have them, what's happening? They're testing them, right? 
That used to get me until, oh, it's the first Tuesday of the month, right? So now I dismiss them. Oftentimes now we hear the sirens and I'm like, oh, it's a tornado siren. Yep, tornado's coming. It's somewhere in the area. Let's kind of see. And we kind of just haphazardly acknowledge the warning signal. Guys, oftentimes we can do that very same thing with the Lord. I mean, he has a way of getting our attention, does he not? But then sometimes we can come numb to the things of God and to the things of the Lord. Your scripture memory verse that you have in your notes is Galatians chapter 5. It's a passage of scripture that I had Dustin come and read for us. But in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16, is here what I want you to see. It says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Okay? Now in the King James translation, the translation that I memorized whenever I memorized this verse, says to walk in the Spirit. So walk in the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify or fulfill the desires of the flesh. Guys, you know what we should be doing every single day of our life? We should be walking in the Spirit of God. We should be following him. You go read the whole text that I had Dustin read for us this morning. And it talks about how we get to choose whether we want to fulfill the desires of the flesh or whether we want to fulfill and live out the fruit of the Spirit, whether we want to walk in the Spirit and follow the Spirit and be led by the Spirit of God, or whether we want to be led by the flesh and walking in the flesh. But here's what I want you to see. We are to be walking in the Spirit. But here's the problem. The problem is we don't always walk in the Spirit, do we? Right? The problem is we let circumstances, we let stuff, we let things, we let life get in the way, and we find ourselves not walking in the Spirit. Well, here's the good news. The good news is that God is very much aware of the problem that we do not always walk in the Spirit. Therefore, He has several methods that He uses to get our total absolute, undivided attention so that he can speak to us. I want to share with you, and there's many ways in Scripture. Matter of fact, as I was studying and working and gleaning through all of this, I mean, there's 10, 12, 13 different ways. Matter of fact, God is God. He can use whatever method he wants to use to get your attention. But I want to share with you about four ways. Now, I'll probably I will not get through it. Matter of fact, I'll probably just do number one because it's already 1130. And so I'm not going to be able to finish this up. But I'll get number one for you. Four different ways I'm going to share with you that God works to get our attention. And I want you to see these. First of all, I want you to write down in your notes how God gets our attention. Number one is through a restless spirit, a restless spirit. Spirit. The Lord loves us too much to let us continue to go our own way. So oftentimes he's going to do whatever it takes to get our attention. And sometimes he will allow us to have a restless spirit in life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever had a restless spirit? You probably have, and it's not the time to get up and take Rolaids or drink more NyQuil or, or take some Tums or whatever. It's probably time to get up and get quiet and get the word out and pray because God's trying to get your attention. But here is a story in the book of Esther, chapter number 6. I want you to turn your Bibles there. It's a wonderful story that we have here in the book of Esther, chapter number 6. And we see in chapter 6, it says... That night, the king had trouble sleeping. Now, the king is the king of Persia. 
And you remember the story of Esther, how she is a Jew and she is the queen that is there. And Haman, her nephew, is a Jew and he's there. He, or Mordecai, he is there also in the city. And Haman has this vendetta set up to destroy all of the Jews and Mordecai because he hates the Jews and he hates Mordecai. And the whole story is starting to unfold here. But I want you to look in verse number one. Let's read this together. This is really good stuff. It says, that night the king had trouble sleeping. Stop. Have you ever had trouble sleeping? Just this past week. I mean, I just could not. I was sound asleep. And about 2 a.m., I had a restless spirit. Man, I just, I tossed and turned and flipped the pillow over three different times and got in two or three different positions and threw some covers off and put some covers on and, and checked the thermostat to make sure the temperature was right and turned the fan on and then it got too cold and turned the fan off. Did everything I could to go to sleep, but guess what I had? A restless spirit. So finally I thought, you know what? This is God trying to get a hold of me. I'm going to get up and hear what he has to say. So I got up about 2.15, 2.20 or so and stayed up for about two hours until about, actually about three hours because Debbie's alarm clock went off at 5.30 when she gets up and her alarm clock went off and I'm still in the living room and I'm in there studying and working on a, on a sermon and just trying to follow the direction that God has given me. But it gave me a restless spirit. That same thing was happening here. The king of Persia had a, had a restless spirit. He had trouble sleeping. So this is what he did. He ordered an attendant to bring the historical records of his kingdom so they could be read to him. And in those records, he discovered an account of how Mordecai had exposed the plot of these two guys, two of the eunuchs who guarded the door to the king's private quarters, and they had plotted to assassinate him. Verse 3, he says, what reward or recognition did we ever give Mordecai for this? And the king asked his attendants, and they replied, nothing. Nothing has been done for Mordecai. So Mordecai had done this great deed, and there had been no reward given to him. In verse number 4, who is that in the outer court? The king inquired. Now, as it happened, Haman had just arrived. Now, understand, Haman hates the Jews. Haman hates Mordecai. He's trying To put a plot to the king that the king has just accepted to wipe out the nation of Israel or the Jewish people, if you will. And he says, who's at the outer court? And the king inquired. Now it happened that Haman had just arrived in the outer court of the palace to ask the king to hang Mordecai from the gallows that he had already prepared. Now, the the gallows are already prepared. Haman now is ready to hang Mordecai and kill him. It's just out in the outer courts there. They're ready to do this. Look what it says. So the attendants replied to the king, Haman is out there. Bring him in, the king ordered. Now you've got to pay attention because it really starts to get good right here. Okay? Pay attention. So Haman came in. And the king said, What should I do to honor a man who truly pleases me? Look at this. Haman thought to himself, whom would the king wish to honor more than me? So Haman's thinking, the king is inquiring about someone that pleases him. I please the king, and he wants to reward him. And he's thinking, surely the king is talking about me. So he replied in verse 7, if the king wishes to honor someone, he should 
And Haman now goes and he lays out this elaborate thing that the king should do for this person that pleases him. The whole time Haman is thinking that he's the guy that's going to receive all these pleasantries from the king. So he's really heaping it on pretty thick. I want you to look at what it says. He should bring out one of the king's own royal robes as well as the king's own horse with the royal emblem. No doubt that impressed Haman, right? Put the royal emblem on the head of the horse as the, as the individual is going to wear the king's robe and parade him through town. Instruct one of the king's most noble princes in verse 9 to dress the man in the king's robe and lead him through the city square on the king's own horse. Not just any horse. The king's horse with the king's emblem wearing the king's robe and have the king's escort. Escort this man around through the city and through the village so everybody can see, okay? Instruct one of the king's most noble prince, dress the man in the king's robe, lead him through the city square on the king's own horse, and have the prince shout out as they go, this is what happens to those the king wishes to honor. Man, what a great thing Haman thought up, right? The problem was Haman thought this was going to be for himself, and it turns out not to be so. Look at verse number 10. Excellent, said the king. Excellent, the king said to Haman. Hurry, get the robe and my horse and do just as you said for Mordecai. Don't you know the wind completely came out of the cell for old Haman here? When the, he's thinking, he, initially, the king said, excellent, yes, let's do that. Haman's thinking, yes. This is great. I'm going to kill Mordecai. I've already got the gallows ready. We're going to destroy the Jews. And the king is going to escort me or have me escorted all through the city on the king's horse with the king's armor and the king's emblem on the face of the horse and shout out that I'm the man that pleased. Excellence. Until he heard, we're going to do this for Mordecai. Completely deflated, don't you think? Right? Look what it says. So Mordecai the Jew who sits at the gate of the palace and do not fail. He, now he's giving him an order. Do not fail. Guess who is going to be one of the servants that's going to escort Mordecai around the gates and in the city? Haman now. He's not sitting on the horse. He's holding the bridle of the horse, escorting it around and shouting, this is the man that pleases the king, wearing the king's robe, sitting on the king's horse, the king's emblem on the face of the horse. How humiliating and humbling that had to be for Haman. So Haman took the robe and he put it on Mordecai and he placed him on the king's own horse and he led them, led him through the city square shouting. This is Haman shouting. This is what happens to those the king wishes to honor. All of that took place. I want you to get the picture. Mordecai is going to be killed the very next day. The king had just signed a decree because Haman had deceitfully set this thing up that the king would sign this not really knowing what he was signing, but the essence would be that the Jews and Mordecai would be annihilated and wiped out as a result of him signing this decree because Haman had tricked him into that. All of a sudden now the king cannot sleep. Do you think, do you think that God is involved in this thing? Do you think that is, it is the Lord 
who gave the king a restless spirit that night where he could not sleep? Do you think it was the king that was working in his heart and his mind to have him look through the books and discover Mordecai and ask what have we done for him as a result of the kindness and the goodness that he has done for us? God is orchestrating all of these events as a result of a restless spirit that God gave the king of Persia that night. God's will for his people was continuing to move forward because the king had a restless spirit. My question to you is simply this. Have you ever had a restless spirit? Have you ever had those moments when you feel like the Lord is, or or that you can't sleep, or you just have something churning in your stomach, and it's deep, it's in the pit of your stomach. You know it's not a result of the taco that you just ate, right? You know the difference between a churning stomach because of a taco and a churning because of a restlessness that's taking place, right? Oftentimes, church, here's what I want you to get. That restless spirit that you're having where you just can't get peace and you've tried to pray about it, and you've released it, and you've turned it over to the Lord, and whatever it is, and all that, and you still have it, it's probably then that God is trying to get your attention. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to stop, and I want you to listen. When you become restless in your spirit, I don't want you to run away from it. I want you to stop whatever it is that you're doing at that moment. If it's sleeping, stop sleeping. Get out of bed. If you're working, whatever it is, and you have that restlessness, you've got to stop whatever it is you're doing for a moment and listen and pay attention to the voice of God because it just may be that God is trying to get your attention about something. Now, that's all I'm going to share with you today. And I'm going to come back next time and share three more ways that God gets your attention. But a restless spirit. I've had that often in my life. In different circumstances and situations and directions and things going on in my life. Or God just trying to speak to me and, and have a restlessness about me. I'm going to ask the band to come on up if you will please. And have a restlessness about me. Guys, whenever that takes place. It just may be that God is trying to get your attention about something. And I don't know what it is, but if you will stop and you will listen, the first place that I go when I have a restless spirit, (laughs) do not turn the TV on. It's not the time to watch a movie or the news. God is trying to get a hold of you about something. First thing that I do is grab my Bible. And I open it up, and I just start reading. I try to read some encouraging psalms. I try to go over in the New Testament, just read a little bit. Just trying to listen and hear and get in a spirit of prayer. And just let the Lord know that, God, you have my attention. I'm listening. I've shut everything else out in the world. I'm listening. What is it that you would have me to hear from you? Oftentimes, God may lead you to a passage of Scripture. He may impress something upon your spirit. He may speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's a gentle nudge. Maybe it's something you're wrestling over. 
Maybe it's a decision you're trying to make and you don't know exactly which way to go. And all of a sudden you feel like you know that that's what I need to do. And then you have this peace that starts to come over you. You know what that is? That's God. That's Him speaking to you. It's amazing when that happens. And oftentimes it will start as a result of a restless spirit. So when that takes place in your life, I want you to stop. And I want you to listen to the voice of God. Get into His Word. Take the advice and recount the words that someone you just shared this with. Seeking godly counsel and godly advice from maybe something they shared with you. Take that in consideration. Because one of the four ways that we know God speaks to us today is through His Word. Through His Holy Spirit, through other people. Check out the messenger and the message, but through other people, and I'll talk about that later. Through other people and through our circumstances. So what is it that God is trying to speak to you about today? Will you stop? Will you listen? I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, and I don't know what it is that God may be trying to speak to you about today. But I do know this. He loves you more than anything. You are the object of God's love. You. He allowed His Son Jesus to die for you. So if He's speaking to you about salvation, maybe today is the day that you just need to give your heart and your life over to the Lord. Maybe you need to repent of your sins and confess Christ as Savior and Lord of your life and Believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and God the Father placed all of your sins, past, present, and future, upon Jesus. He paid your sin debt on the cross. And He was buried and He rose again victoriously three days later. And now He's seated by the right hand of God the Father and making intercession for us there. Do you need to accept Christ as your Savior today? Do you need to rededicate your life to the Lord today? Maybe God's dealing with you about your relationship with Him. Maybe God is dealing with you about your finances. Or maybe He's dealing with you about a decision that you're about to make. I don't know what it could be. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's within your family. Maybe it's your career and your job. Whatever it is, will you stop and listen to the voice of God as He gives us direction? Father, right now, Lord, we are stopping and we are listening to You. And Lord, I don't know what it is that You're speaking to Your people about today. You may be speaking to some about salvation. My prayer is that right now that they would pray that prayer of repentance and just say, Dear God, forgive me, a sinner. I give you my life. I want you to forgive me and wash me in the blood of Jesus and be my Savior. Be my Lord. I give you my heart and my life today. Or maybe there's one that needs to rededicate their life and they say, God, my fellowship with you has been broken. I'm not where I need to be spiritually speaking. And right now I just confess those sins to you. Pray you forgive me.
scripture says that you're faithful and you're just to forgive us when we confess our sins. Father, restore that prodigal, that one that's rededicating their life to you today. Maybe there's one here today that has a decision they're making concerning their career, concerning a a move, concerning their finances, concerning their family, concerning their children, their grandchildren, great-grandchildren. God, you know what each and every one of us are going through. Help us to listen to you. And help us, Lord, next time we have a restless spirit to stop and listen to the voice of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Miss Terry, I want you to continue playing softly, if you will, please. Guys, I haven't mentioned it, but you know that last Sunday while we were here worshiping, the horrible, tragic event that took place in the church down in Texas. And the lives and family members that were tragically taken. That has rocked me a little bit. I'm sure has rocked you. What used to be a sacred place of worship, obviously, anymore with all the shootings that are taking place. I want us to do a couple things. First of all, I don't want us to live in fear, right? power of God's love for us cast out all fear greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world we don't need to live in fear but we do need to be aware pay attention what would cause someone to do what took place down there let me tell you what it is it's just evil It's pure evil. Scripture says that the enemy has come to, you know this verse, to steal and kill and destroy. The enemy is Satan. We talked about this yesterday in the men's Bible study. Evil is out there. Demonic spirits are out there. That's why I'm totally against Ouija boards and, any, and, and card reading and palm reading and all that. Stay away from all that stuff. There are demonic spirits out there. If we could see, if God would lift the veil from our eyes and we could see the spiritual battle that's taking place in the heavenlies right now between the angels of God and demonic forces, it would. It, I don't know that we can handle it. There is a spiritual battle taking place. And it reveals itself through actions of people oftentimes. No doubt for someone to do what took place down there, nothing more than a result of demonic evil spirits. I don't know how you could do it. But here's what I want us to do. I've requested you know, that we pray for the victims and the families. That pastor... And his wife, their daughter, was killed there. They weren't there that Sunday. The assistant pastor was there. They've since come back and tried to do what they can do to begin healing. And I think the denomination is going to just tear down everything and build a memorial there. And they're not even going to worship in that building anymore. 
And I don't know what else is going to happen, but I want us to pray. Let's have a moment of silence for them and pray for those family members. Pray for that pastor as he leads what's left of his congregation and his flock. I just can't understand it. I can't begin to imagine what those families and those individuals are going through. All I know to do is pray and ask for God's spirit and God's grace and God's wisdom and God's healing to take place in the lives of those families that are left as victims of that. Father, we pause now. Oftentimes we don't even have the words to say. But we know where to go. And that's to you. Dear God. The tragic event that took place last week. is can't even begin to imagine what those folks are going through. But God, you know how it feels to lose a son. You know how it is to watch a world reject your very own. Crucify him and beat him. And him die. Father, we pray that you minister to these families. And to this pastor. To this community. And this congregation. And the state and the impact that this has all across our nation. Lord, we just ask you to move in those situations. I'm at a loss of words of even what to pray for. But God, I just lay them before you. Do what needs to be done, God. Mm. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. Just keep playing there Terry one thing that I heard last week from a news reporter that was a Christian was trying to get a Christian perspective on what was taking place you may have heard the same thing one of the individuals said a church family came to worship together and a church family all went to heaven together wow let that sink in they all went to heaven together as a church family. Now we're not praying that ever happens to any uh, of us or anybody else again. But guys remember this is not our home. This is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. Our home's in heaven. The only ticket there. The only way to get in the door is to know Jesus. As our Savior. That's the ultimate resting place where there is no evil. Complete peace. Well, thank you for joining us for this lesson from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360 or you can email us at victoryfwb at gmail.com. 
If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email, call, or send a request to 223 Scott Troy Road, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.